0: chickens in the garden. Such a lovely concept. And I think a lot of times, especially new homesteaders have this sort of idyllic vision of their flock of chickens scratching amongst the rows of tomatoes and green beans, and just seems romantic and beautiful until you actually try it. And then it becomes very apparent that chickens act more like a roaming rogue gang of thugs in a garden. They can be very destructive and it can be quite devastating if they get into a mature garden. Now, all of that being said, chickens and gardening actually have a beautiful symbiotic relationship and you really almost can't have one without the other. Well, I mean, you can, but should you? Eh, probably not. So in today's episode, I am so excited to have the queen of chickens on with me today. From her beautiful farm in Maine, Lisa Steele is an author, fifth generation chicken keeper, master gardener, coop to kitchen cook, and host of the Boston New England regional Emmy-nominated TV show, Welcome to My Farm. She was also recently a guest on HGTV's Martha knows best, and she just signed a cookbook deal with Harper Collins. I'm guessing you probably are very familiar with her already. She is all over the internet with her fresh eggs daily content,' just lovely stuff, and I have the pleasure of speaking with her today. You're listening to the old-fashioned on-purpose podcast, where ambitious people master the art of returning to their roots. Have you found yourself disenchanted with society? or wishing you could opt out of the rat race, perhaps you're craving a life that's meaningful and tangible, a life where you can create and produce instead of merely consume. I'm Jill Winger, best-selling author and longtime homesteader. Over the last 10 years, I've helped thousands of families create more connection, grow amazing organic food, and find the ultimate fulfillment through an old-fashioned lifestyle. And I can do the same for you. Now, on to our episode. Welcome, Lisa. I am so excited to have you on the podcast today.
1: Hey, Jill. As I mentioned before we started recording, this is actually the first time we've spoken sort of face-to-face, so I'm excited. It should yes. be fun.
0: Yeah, it's kind of funny. Lisa and I were chatting. Like We've done a lot together. We've promoted each other's stuff and, and done some crossover, which is always really fun, but we've never actually talked, so this is a treat for both of us. Um, And I'm super excited about the topic that we get to discuss today because this is a big one for chicken enthusiasts and homesteaders alike. And there's a lot of misconceptions, I think, around chickens and gardens and how they go together.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I think that this whole year, this past year of more people being at home and trying to grow their own food and raise their own meat animals or or egg laying animals or whatever. And I think a lot of people are trying to figure out how to be more self-sufficient and how to grow really healthy, nutritious food for their families. But I also think a lot of people are really missing out on the natural synergy that used to Exist naturally on farms and on homesteads that when you bring it into the backyard or the smaller homestead, I think a lot of people are not really taking full advantage of it.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So um, I've got a lot of awesome questions for you, but before we dive into those, could you just give our listeners, in case they're not familiar with you and your story, which I'm guessing most of them are, because you've got quite the chicken empire going on, (laughs) a, a little background of how you got into the world of chickens and kind of your current operation?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I um, I actually uh, am a fifth generation chicken keeper, which is kind of cool. I'm, I'm super excited to be kind of the fifth generation of women in my family raising chickens. My grandparents were honest to goodness chicken farmers, big chicken barn, raised them for meat and eggs. They had a diner. They supplied their diner, other restaurants. They used to eat their chickens. I'm sure I used to eat my grandparents' chickens. <laughs> I don't remember that. Um, I had chickens as a kid, you know, a small flock and did the 4-H thing and all that. But present day, I'm sort of like um, the light version of a homesteader. You know, we don't eat our own chickens. I am a huge hypocrite. I do eat meat. I'm absolutely not a vegetarian, um, but we don't eat our own chickens. You know, they have names and all that. Mm-hmm. So I kind of straddle the two worlds because, you know, I'm not like this hardcore meat animal raising um, although I have huge admiration and respect for those who do, because I mean, I I think if you are going to eat meat, that's the way you should be doing it. But anyway, I'm a hypocrite, so I don't. Um, Totally (laughs) cool, totally cool. (laughs) But I have a lot of fun with it and uh, just have about three dozen chickens, ducks and geese and really have a lot of fun raising them and helping people raise them healthier. And like you do, a lot of natural, a lot of old timers methods, which I think are important to bring back. Um, You know, I'm not big into the antibiotics and the chemicals and vet visits and all that kind of stuff. So I work really hard on um, keeping my chickens healthy in a natural way. And people seem to respond to it, you know, as they have with you. I think our followings are somewhat similar in that, um, you know, when you're genuine and passionate about what you're doing and you do it for the good of the animals, you know, people really respond to that.
0: Absolutely. And for those of you, if you've not seen, she has Lisa's website, she has amazing Instagram and Facebook. She's all over. Um, But she is an excellent advocate for especially like beginning chicken keepers. And I know a lot of you, especially, you know, this is the year where you're going to start growing some food and getting some eggs and raising the vegetables. So go check her stuff out because it's approachable, it's accessible, and it's just solid info. It's, it's really good. So, um, I've, I always enjoy when I'm Googling something in your website pops up in the search results. I'm like, Oh, I'm, I'm clicking on that one first. Cause I know I can, trust and yours, it. yours comes up too. And I'm like, Oh, yep. that's, that's chill. Yep. Yep. Cool. Um, I love it. So, okay. I think I kind of broke this topic of chickens in the garden in a couple different chunks, because there's so much here that there's such a valuable symbiotic relationship here. So I think, I don't know, a good place to start, good as any, is let's talk about the chicken manure part of gardening and what that looks like. I think maybe that's the first place someone would, would think about when they're thinking, oh, how does a garden and chickens go together? And fertilizer is a big one. So can you expand a little bit on how you recommend using chicken manure in a garden and all the ins and outs of that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. If someone is not collecting all that great manure out of their coop, they're really missing the boat. Chicken manure is one of the best manures um, that you can get, but it's super high in nitrogen. So you need to let it age. So you need to either put it in a compost pile or as I do, you know, we don't, grow things in the winter here in Maine. (laughs) So in the fall, when I clean my coop out, I fertilize the garden with all the straw and manure and feathers and all that stuff is really great for the garden. Um, But if you do garden year round, you want to compost it and let it age. So all the pathogens can sort of die out. You want to make sure that that pile gets heated up and everything gets killed. I mean, there's obviously a lot of bacteria in, in chicken manure, but for example, I plant garlic in the fall and I mulch my entire garlic bed with straw and chicken manure. And, you know, by spring, by, the, by July, when I'm pulling that garlic out, it's had plenty of time to age. You know, any of your super heavy feeders, your rhubarb, I mean, rhubarb loves chicken manure. <laughs> um, but you do have to definitely let it age. I also make um, chicken manure tea. I don't know if you've ever done that, but you know you're basically making a liquid fertilizer. And again, you don't want to be spraying it on your vegetables you're going to be eating. You want to use it around the base of the plants. Um, you don't want to use it on your leafy greens and things that you know you're going to be eating. Um, but there's a lot of value in the chicken manure. Uh, you also have horses, I think, and cows, yes. so you have different types of manure. But all those types of manure are really, really great for the garden. And so, however you collect it, you know whether you have a dropping board and you're scraping the, the manure straight off of that, or you're just mixing it into the, the coop litter, um, people definitely should be saving
0: poop. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's so funny to hear homesteaders talk about their favorite manures and the best manures. Like I sometimes am <laughs> like, if someone walked in on this conversation, they would think they're so weird, but it's very, it's very natural and very normal. So it's a thing. Um, how long do you Recommend letting chicken manure age because it is so high in nitrogen.
1: I mean, I think probably six months is safe. Okay, you know, you could probably get away with three months, um, but six months is definitely going to be safe. Um, you know, and and as we talk and you know talk about the different seasons of of that, you know, I'll let the chickens into the garden before I've planted seeds. You know, when they're walking around in the garden, and of course they're pooping. Um, I don't worry about that. You know, it's small amounts, but if you're going to be putting you know, layers of manure on your garden, you know, I'd say, I'd say six months in the compost pile.
0: Okay. And do you, like, I you, I think you were saying with your garlic in particular, you will take the cleaning straight out of the coop and put it on the garlic or, so that's appropriate because right. we, we know we still have that aging period, even though it's not
1: mounded. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. As long as you're letting it age somehow. And I mean, I plant my garlic usually in like October or November. I do a good coop cleaning before winter sets in, you know, so they have nice straw and the coop is clean. And we don't generally harvest the garlic till probably late June. So, I mean, that's easily six months by the time, you know, so it's had the rain and the sunlight and the snow and it's, it's definitely had time. Cool. And
0: that's good to know. Cause I have done that before where I've just taken it straight from the coop in the fall and sprinkled it. And I'm like, Oh, I wonder... I wonder if I'm causing problems, but it's good to hear that you do the same thing.
1: Yeah. And sometimes like in the spring, if I clean the coop out in the spring, I'll sometimes make like straw paths in between my rows of vegetables to keep weeds down, to keep some of the moisture in. And that's got the chicken manure in it also. But I figure most of the manure has been in there for months or weeks at least. You know, it all wasn't laid or cooped out, whatever, the day before. You know, so I mean, I'm probably not as... um, crazy about it. And again, you know, you're washing your vegetables before you're eating them. You know, you're, you're teaching your kids not to, you know, put their hands in their mouth if they're playing in the garden or whatever. So yeah, you gotta be careful, but I don't think, I think most people who live on farms, you come in contact with all these things. So often your immune system is probably pretty strong. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure.
0: Um, do you have a particular coop bedding that you have found, that does the best with the composting method, or you know, combining that with the manure and then going in the garden. Do you have a preference there? I know you mentioned straw. Is that what you mean? I
1: use? Yeah, I use straw mostly because here in Maine it's really cold, and the straw is a really good insulator. It's hollow, so it keeps you know air. Um, we have ducks, and they sleep right on the floor, so the straw makes a much better base for the the coop and shavings. But you can do the same thing with with a pine shaving base in your coop as well. I definitely wouldn't recommend using hay. It can mold. It's not great at insulating, you know, as you know, hay is Mm a livestock feed, not bedding, but yeah, straw or pine shavings will both work the same.
0: Okay. And just as you you mentioned ducks, does does duck manure have the same, like, is it hot just like chicken manure? So we'd want to take the same precautions with
1: you know, I do. I mean, obviously, it's not going to separate out, you know, the chicken or the sure. duck. I have read that that duck manure isn't quite as hot. And I don't know if I've actually read a scientific study about that. But I do know, you know, we'll fill our, our kiddie pool for the ducks and I dump it out onto the grass every day. And the grass around where the pool is, is really, really green. You know, stuff grows really well. So um, and that that duck pool water is almost like instant liquid manure. So you know, again, I wouldn't like
0: yeah, scorching the grass or anything.
1: It, it, yeah, it's not scorching the grass. It's not gonna burn your plants. I wouldn't I wouldn't put it in a watering can and water your vegetables, but maybe your flowers, some of your shrubs, things like that. I would absolutely use it as is. Okay. Cool.
0: Good to know. Um all right, let's let's shift gears a little into so the chickens provide us with manure and then they also well, we have to feed them things to get the manure. So they can <laughs> right. also be. Helpful in a garden sense, in that way as well. so um, how do you use your chickens in particular, like in your garden for do you ever use them for weed control or pest control purposes?
1: I do, and actually, I've seen fewer garden pests since having the chickens it's 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 all about timing and supervision. If you just let your chickens free range and you have a garden, they're probably going to just eat everything right down to the dirt. So in the spring, they can have free range you know when i'm out there weeding or prepping the soil rototilling whatever the chickens can be out there they're actually great little rototillers because they're really easy on the soil you know unlike a traditional rototiller they just scratch the few inches you know the top few inches they're looking for weed seeds and bugs that might have overwintered so they do a really good job in the spring of prepping the soil they're also pooping a little bit you know so you're getting a little bit of fertilizer and they're helping eat any bugs then in the summer, once I've planted my seedlings or planted my seeds, the chickens are not allowed in the garden because they're just going to tear up everything, eat everything you've planted. Um, but then in the fall, once I've harvested everything, they can go back in and they'll eat any of the stalks and leaves or you know cherry tomatoes they got tired of picking or whatever they do a really good job cleaning up and they'll kind of turn over any of that stuff that's left in the garden and again they eat a lot of the bugs that we're planning on overwintering so that following spring you should see less bugs and then of course in the winter you know they can have access because there's nothing in there they don't bother the garlic fortunately um, so I don't worry about that but yes it's very seasonal and when you're going to let them in and for how long of a time and summer it's definitely off limits.
0: I have found that also to be true.
1: They'll eat like if you get a bug, you know, bugs in, in a tomato or corn, or if you get, you know, some lettuce or whatever, they're really happy to, to eat all your scraps and trimmings and all that kind of stuff. So you can supplement your feed bill that way.
0: Yes, for sure. So, with the tilling in the garden. Um, so last year we have raised beds and we built a, like a chicken tractor to go over each bed. And then we would put like three or four chickens in, and I think the beds are four, four by 10. So they're not huge. Right. And my goal was, I was like, I think they're going to go in there and scratch it up and it'll make soil preparation easier. And they did somewhat, but they also, there was like tufts of grass or weeds that they just kind of didn't, they didn't do much to it. And they didn't maybe, they didn't scratch up as much as I was, Hoping. Hmm. Um, do you have any suggestions to really encourage them? I mean, sometimes they just do it on their own. Maybe mine are just just lazy. You know, I, I would
1: toss. No, I think if you tossed in some sunflower seeds or cracked corn, something like that, that would encourage the scratching. Because I know sometimes in the coop, you know, I'll I'll just throw like a handful of something, and right where I've thrown it, all the straw is scratched up, and everything is down to the wooden floor. So yeah, I would throw something in that would encourage them to get scratching.
0: Okay. That's a good idea. That might help. Yeah. Have you ever used your chickens to turn like a compost pile?
1: Yeah. They'll, they'll eventually find your compost pile because there's probably going to be worms in it. Mm -hmm. So if they find it and if it's not fenced in, they absolutely will find it and go through it. And that's why it's, it's important, um, you know, that you're not throwing things in like coffee grounds or tea bags or, you know, moldy food or things that could be harmful to them. Um, we don't really have much of a compost pile because we sort of bypass that by feeding the chickens all of our food scraps. I mean, we throw out very little food. You know, I I really, I don't think there's any food. You know, either our dog will get, you know, bones or or whatever, um, or the chickens eat it. So we, we don't really throw out a lot of food that would end up being composted.
0: Okay. Um, so that that was another question I had was as far as chickens being the ultimate garbage disposal. Cause we're similar. We don't like food, food just doesn't go in the trash at our house. And it right. feels so strange to me when we visit like relatives and, Oh, just throw it in the trash. And I'm like, Oh, this feels so wrong. Like, I, I just can't, I just can't make myself do this. Um,
1: I make them set up yeah. like a, a chicken. Like if we go somewhere for the holidays or whatever, I make them set up like a chicken to go bag for me and just throw all the plate, you know, anything that's scraped off plates, just give it to me to give to the chicken.
0: Yes. Yes, I yeah, so you mentioned coffee grounds and tea bags as things that potentially could cause a problem like is there anything else that you would tell people to really avoid feeding to their chickens?
1: There are there are some things, and I don't get crazy about it because generally chickens know what they should eat and what they shouldn't but they they shouldn't eat onions um, they can cause anemia if they eat too many of them um, they shouldn't eat things in the nightshade family so your your tomatoes eggplant peppers although, Wait, are peppers eggplant? I mean, are peppers nightshade? I don't remember. Well, definitely eggplants and um, tomatoes. My chickens love tomatoes, and I will feed them fully ripe tomatoes. But I like, before I let them in the garden in the fall, I usually pull out the eggplant and the tomato plants because that's where most of the toxin is. So you don't really want them, you know, gorging on tomato plants. Although every time I post that, I get people emailing me telling me that their chickens ate their entire tomato plant. They didn't die, you know, (laughs) but I mean, toxic does not mean immediately fatal, you know, white potatoes uh, also contain a toxin. So sweet potatoes are a different family and those are perfectly safe. Um, Avocados are toxic to most birds, but I mean, who's growing avocados for their chickens anyway? Like that's crazy. So there's very few things they shouldn't eat. And again, you know, if I, if I have leftover beef stew, I'm not going to pick out the, the potatoes and the onions, but generally they will leave them. They, okay. they do kind of know.
0: I've noticed that as well. Um like citrus. I've heard stories about citrus not being great. And sometimes I'll throw an orange peel in there and they just leave it on the ground. So
1: they do like, if you give them a fruit salad, yeah, citrus, too much citrus can actually um, cause soft shelled eggs. It leaches some Mm -hmm. of the calcium out of their bones. But then again, I have people say, you know, we live in a citrus grove and my chickens eat oranges and grapefruit all day and they're fine. And I'm like, well, you know, go figure. I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah. Moderation. I like, I like moderation and a wide variety. You know, so as I'm cooking dinner, I keep a bowl next to the sink and all the ends and tips and trimmings and everything, you know, meat scraps and whatever goes into that. And the chickens get it the next day and they pick through and they eat what they want. So,
0: so probably the name of the game is just not like you don't feed them a box of avocados or a box of oranges, but if it's, you know, something that's just in the bowl of scraps, it's probably not going to be a huge deal.
1: Especially if they're super healthy anyway, you know, if they're, if they're really young or really old or sick anyway, it might affect them. But, you know, if that's all you give them to eat, I mean, if you starve your chickens for a week and then throw them tomato plants, they probably will eat too many and die. But You know, you're not doing that. So, yeah, I don't. I don't get too crazy about what they should and shouldn't eat. I mean, some plants too. You know, azaleas, rhododendrons, oleander, um, foxglove, lupin. There's a lot of flowers, wildflowers that are also toxic, and shrubs and things. I'm not going to rip them out of my yard. You know, and and we have most of those, and the chickens just don't bother them. So somehow they know.
0: Yeah. Um. Okay. Awesome. So chickens. We we can feed them our chicken, our kitchen scraps and our garden scraps. And so that's eliminating trash. And then Mm -hmm. they give us manure as a result. And then we put the manure back on the garden to grow more food. And then we can also bring the chickens in to help us manage the garden. So there's really like three, I'm thinking three main Mm -hmm. ways that they really can work together really, really beautifully. Um, Right. Are there any plants that you might plant extra of in your yard or your garden for your chickens to help them out?
1: Yeah, well, we have the ducks too, and they really like leafy greens. So extra kale or Swiss chard, lettuce, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, um, spinach, you know, all that kind of stuff. They love all of that. And that kind of stuff grows really fast too. So you can get a couple of harvests in even a short growing season. Um, They love watermelon. We don't have a great time growing watermelon in Maine, Um, but I did grow that that in Virginia. Yeah, you can, I mean, I get them like to be about softball size, um, you know, but but not great luck with the watermelon or any kind of melons really, cantaloupe I've tried. Um, I grow a lot of peas, ducks really love peas, but pretty much anything, you know, anything that you've got room for, pumpkins, um, squash, cucumbers, you know, all those zucchini, when the zucchini start coming in and you have 4,000 zucchini and your family's tired of eating them, the chickens will, they'll eat them until the cows come home, you know. Absolutely.
0: And that's all that's helping reduce your feed bill, I imagine.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yep.
0: Hey friend, I'm interrupting this episode for just a sec to give you a very important reminder. If you have not yet purchased seeds for this year, I would recommend doing that ASAP. We are seeing some pretty crazy seed shortages right now, partially because a lot of people are gardening who didn't in the past, and partially because of some weird COVID stuff. And there's a lot of varieties that are selling out. So now is the time. I get a lot of people asking about my favorite place to order seeds. And one of my absolute favorite companies in the whole wide world is True Leaf Market. They're basically like a giant virtual seed rack. They have tons of heirloom and organic varieties, all the vegetables, herbs, cover crops, flowers, and even microgreens. Plus, their seeds have a great germination rate and they ship super fast. Head on over to theprairiehomestead.com slash seeds to do some shopping. And just for my listeners, use code SPRING2021 when you check out to save $10 off your first order of $50 or more. Now, back to our episode. What about, um, are there any Particular herbs that are going to boost the flock's health or even like garlic. I know that I hear a lot of rumors about garlic and chickens and how that can help. How do you use those things in your flock?
1: Yeah, I do. I, so garlic is in the same family as onions, and it can be toxic in large amounts, but pretty much anything you know can be harmful even to us if we eat too much of it. So I do add garlic. Um, when I cook with garlic, I cut the ends off. I'll throw those ends into the chicken's water the next day. Garlic has huge benefits as far as respiratory systems go, immune systems for humans and for chickens. So, I definitely do that integrate the garlic into their diet. And I grow extra garlic, you know, so we have extra for the chickens. I think all herbs have some kind of benefit. You know, herbs are incredibly nutritious. Um, they're just packed. Parsley is just packed with all kinds of vitamins. And the chickens love all of them. They, they'll eat dill, parsley, oregano, um, cilantro. Caragon, you know, pretty much anything you grow, they don't seem to like things with the woodier stalks. So like rosemary or lavender or thyme, they're not as apt to munch on, but my chickens have their own herb garden next to the coop. I just, you know, throw in a bunch of herb seeds every spring, fence it off, let it all grow. And then once it's all grown in, I let the chickens in and, you know, they'll wander around and, and sort of munch on this, munch on that, take dust baths in the herb garden. You know, I figure they know best. And I kind of give them access to different things. It's interesting about the herbs, though, because while a chicken will eat your entire tomato or cucumber plant down to the ground, they just nibble the herbs. I think they realize that they're really potent and powerful, so they don't need to eat the entire plant. That's so your herb garden actually lasts a lot longer than I mean, mine will last almost all summer, even with the chickens having free range of it all, all summer long.
0: That's impressive. I honestly, my mental image, when you said you, you take the fence down and let them in after they mature, I'm like, Oh, I bet they're, I bet they're flattened within a week or two, but that's very interesting. They they really do know, don't they?
1: They do. And I mean, there are some casualties, like in the evening, I sometimes have to like replant some of the plants because they've, you know, scratched the roots out or whatever, but they don't decimate it like they would a vegetable garden. I think that they, they know that they only need, you know, a bite of this or a bite of that. And it's funny to watch them because they'll just kind of walk through and eat a leaf here and a leaf there, and then take a dust bath in the time or whatever. Mm-hmm. So. Very cool. Caesar um, are cheap. You know, if you have to replant, it's not the end of the world.
0: Sure. Are there any herbs that you really love for nesting boxes? I know there's a lot of people who, who like to put them in their nesting boxes for supposed benefits. What are your
1: favorite? Yeah, I like, um, so I like lavender a lot. Um, lavender probably is the main one. I like lavender. I like marigolds, rose petals, you know, they're pretty, they smell really good. Um, basically the herbs, the chickens aren't eating, you know, is what goes in the nesting boxes, mint, Every, you know, if you if you plant mint, you have like mint for everything. So I put a lot of mint, a lot of lavender. Probably the two that I focus on, and both of them are supposed to be really good at keeping out rodents and pests and things like that. You know, so so that's beneficial as well.
0: Okay. Um, what about for so they can go in the herb garden during certain times of the year, and you let them in your garden in the spring and the fall. Do you have any tips on keeping other? Plants or landscaping safe from chickens? Because that's been, I know for me, that's been a huge struggle. Like sometimes we free range and then I just get fed up and I lock them in the chicken run all summer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so wisdom yeah. that. Oh, they, yeah, they're, I mean, I was trying to plant iris bulbs this summer and, you know, I was planting them in out of the way places and trying to like hide that I was planting things. And sure enough, they found every single one. And I would find the poor iris or not bulb two or whatever laying on its side. You know, I use um, chicken wire cages so you can either buy them like a gardener's supply. They sell really nice, like bell-shaped chicken wire cages. You can just plop over your different plants or you can make them. You know, we've all got leftover wire, chicken wire. Um, You just kind of like make it into a circular cylinder kind of thing. And if it's tall enough, you don't even need to really put a top on it. But, you know, you can just make those for whatever size for your bushes or shrubs or bulbs or whatever it is you're planting. Um, Some people also will put down chicken wire when they're prepping, say, their flower garden. You put down chicken wire flat, put dirt on top of it, plant your flowers. Because then when the chickens try to scratch, they can't, you know, the chicken wire stops them from actually scratching up the roots.
0: That's a great idea. I've not
1: tried that, though. But, you know, if if you were, like, preparing a new flower bed, I might try that you know fences don't really work chickens can probably clear a four or five foot fence pretty easily you know so unless your fence is you know kind of taller than you your chickens are still gonna I mean that's the worst is sometimes I've you know fenced in my garden the herb garden or the rhubarb whatever I think it's safe and I look out and there's a chicken inside the fence (laughs) you know yep how did you get in there so many times (laughs) For us, we and they're so garden. destructive. Yeah. They are so quick and so destructive.
0: Absolutely. I so do you do you mostly free range yours or do you leave them in runs?
1: They are so they have a really big pen and we have a ton of predators like everybody does. You know, we're right up against the woods. So the summer. I'm a little bit better about it because the days are longer, you know, so they're up longer and I feel like they get bored in their run. And plus predators hopefully are staying in the woods. They don't have babies anymore. There's plenty of other things to eat. Um, Spring and fall are really bad for predators because everybody's hungry and looking for food. But in the summer, I'll let them out, you know, after lunch sometime and and generally, you know, leave them out until um, sundown on nice days. You know, I'm, I'm like you, I, I feel guilty. So I let them out a bunch and then they wreck a bunch of stuff <laughs> and then the hawks start coming by. So then I pen them up for another couple days. And I, you know, I go back and forth. I try not to keep a routine. Predators watch and they learn routines, you know, so you kind of want to change it up a little bit, keep everybody on their toes. Okay. But even if your chickens are penned up, there's nothing to say that, you know, when you're thinning out your seedlings, I throw them all in a bucket and I feed those to the chickens or if a plant's just not doing well, or, you know, like I said, if there's a tomato with worms in it or, you know, whatever, they get all of that. So they do eat pretty well in the summer, even when they're penned up. Absolutely. And they love that corn, you know, you pull out your corn stalks in the fall, I give them the stalks, the silks and everything, and they go through them. They have a blast with that stuff.
0: Have you ever had much luck when you're weeding the garden to like save a bucket of weeds and toss it over the fence?
1: I do that too. And they'll go through the dirt mostly, I think, you know, looking for, for seeds or bugs or whatever, but I, yeah, I do. I mean, anything to just kind of keep them busy, keep them occupied, give them something new to go through. Definitely.
0: Okay. So I, I, I'm liking this. We have rototillers. We have built-in fertilizer. Uh, um, we have have kitchen garbage disposals, and you know to, we're doing all of this, all this effort for generally the result of eggs. That's the, that's hopefully mm-hmm. the end result. Um, what differences do you see in like free range eggs or homegrown eggs with you know feeding them kitchen scraps and all these garden leftovers versus the quote unquote free range eggs at the grocery store?
1: Yeah, um, there's a big difference. I mean, if nothing else, your eggs are going to be fresher. I think that. I honestly think, since so many people are raising chickens of their own, the commercial egg farms realized they had to up their game because their eggs were looking pretty bad. So now a lot of them are adding marigold to the chicken feed to make nice orange yolks. You know, they're they're trying to replicate a backyard egg or a farm egg because they realize that people are kind of getting smart to the idea that store bought eggs are really gross. Um, but the one thing they can't do is they can't fake a fresh egg. You know, so. If you collect an egg from your coop and you go in and you fry it, the yolk is going to be really firm and the whites are going to be nice and thick and it's just going to taste fresh. Whereas the average store-bought egg could be weeks and weeks and weeks old and there's nothing they can do about that. So even though they kind of fake this orange yolk and make you feel like you're getting this, you know, really great egg, um, you put it in the pan and the whites just like spread out over the entire pan, the yolk might break more easily. So I think there's still a huge difference when you're raising your own chicken. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: for those folks, this is totally not related to gardening. I'm just, this question comes up a lot, <laughs> but for those folks, let's say they can't have chickens quite yet. What, what sort of eggs would you
1: recommend that they look for when they go to the store? Like there's the kind of next well, best thing to homegrown. Right, exactly. So next best thing to homegrown is a farmer's market or a neighbor, you know, drive around your neighborhood and see if there's a fresh egg sign or if there's a farmer's market, you can get local eggs from a local farm. If not, a lot of the supermarket eggs actually are from local farms, at least here in Maine. There's a lot of local farms that stock the store shelves. So look for, you know, a local farm. It should have the address or something on it. And then on the carton, you're going to want to look for pasture raised um pasture raised means that those chickens actually were out on grass they were out eating bugs in the sunlight you know things like cage free cage free really means nothing it just means that the chicken has been let out of their teeny little cage and they're in a huge warehouse you know they might never see the outdoors um organic is important if eating organically is important to you but that's no guarantee that the chicken was treated well or had a good life, or was happy, you know, so if it's important to you that you're eating eggs from a happy chicken, then pasture raised is really what you want to look for on the carton. Things like antibiotic-free or hormone-free mean nothing because by law, they can't be fed antibiotics or hormones anyway. So, and things like farm fresh or whatever, that doesn't, that's just marketing terms. Yes. Yes, for sure.
0: Um, okay. That's good to know. Okay. I'm I'm on a little rabbit trail here, again, not related to gardening, but since I have the chicken expert on the podcast, I feel like I'm going to (laughs) ask you some burning questions. Um, Refrigerating eggs, do you refrigerate yours, or do you leave them on the counter?
1: I do refrigerate some, you know, in the summer when we're getting too many eggs that we can't keep up. I do put some in the refrigerator. They're going to last seven times longer in the refrigerator. So if you leave an egg out on the counter, you know, for a day, it would, you know, it ages like a week's worth, whatever. You, you get that. Um, so if you're not going to be, you know, the, so yes, I collect eggs every day and, you know, I leave them on a bowl on the counter and I use from that bowl and we eat them quickly, whatever. But when they start to pile up and I know I'm not going to get to them in say a week or two, I'll put them in the refrigerator because they will last. I mean, they'll last months in the fridge. You know, I just finished up some eggs that I think my chickens stopped laying in maybe late September this year, early October, cause they all started molting. And I just finished the last of those eggs. So you're talking four months old, you know, in, yes. from the fridge. And they were still really great. Um, okay. You don't want to wash them. If at all possible, you want to not wash your eggs because they're going to last that much longer. If they're not washed, once you wash them, air can get in, bacteria can get in. So you want to keep your eggs clean, which means keeping your nesting boxes clean, collecting your eggs off and all that. Um, I, I'm just kind of appalled sometimes at pictures of people's eggs that i see you know and then people say well i don't want to put eggs full of poop in my fridge and i'm thinking my eggs are not <laughs> i mean they're yeah. you know they're they're for the most part pretty clean unless it's mud season or it's been raining or whatever um but you want to you want to kind of make sure that your nesting boxes are clean so your eggs stay clean and you can just pop those eggs right in the fridge and you know they'll last a really long time yeah okay. but they I don't definitely- need to be refrigerated yeah you can leave them out it's not a problem
0: I feel validated because that's we're, we're twins. We're, we're, that's the same thing I do is I'll leave a bowl <laughs> on the counter until they start to, you know, get crazy amounts and then I'll stick them in the fridge. Okay. So I feel like I'm on the right track then.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
0: Okay. This is my last question I have. Um, for the, the new gardener slash new potential chicken keeper, what do you have a breed of chicken or breeds that you would recommend someone
1: start with? not really. I mean, it's so, there's so many breeds and it's, it's personal, you know, the, the look of the chicken, the color eggs. If you have kids, you probably want to go with, you know, a little more friendly chickens, your, your Brahmas, your, your Orpingtons, really anything in the Orpington family, I think is a great choice. They're hardy, they're good layers, they're, they're big chickens. So if you were going to, you know, raise meat chickens, they're dual purpose. So you could actually eat them as well. Um, You know, they're friendly, they're calm, they're good moms, uh, Australorps, intends anything like that I would recommend. Um, you know, but it, it really depends. I mean, some people are just going all out for production, you know, so they're looking more like a Rhode Island Red or a legurn or something like that. You know, so it really does kind of depend what your end goal is, even though all of our end goal kind of is eggs. But do you want a colorful egg basket? You know, um, I'd say first of all, think about where you live. And if you live somewhere that it gets super cold, you probably do want to think about cold hardy. If you live somewhere where it's super hot, you want it think about heat tolerant chickens. If you live somewhere in the middle, you can get anything you want. Um, and then think about probably temperament, egg color. The websites, the hatchery websites are loaded with information, you know, just browsing, you know, if a chicken catches your eye, click on it. They usually have all that information on there, how many eggs they should lay year? They're just a great resource.
0: Awesome. Okay. Good to know, so it's nothing we have to do like super particular,
1: just more, just preference sounds like. I I don't think there's any wrong choice. You know, I've tried certain breeds over the years and I just don't particularly like them for whatever reason, but there really is no wrong choice now.
0: Cool. Um, Anything else you would want to share with our, with the audience on gardening with chickens or just chickens in general?
1: (laughs) Chickens in general, everybody should get chickens. I I think that if you're doing one, you should do the other. You know, if you're already gardening, you're outside all the time anyway. And chickens, they're really great companions, as you know. You know, they're friendly and they're inquisitive. And if you are already raising chickens, you really should think about growing the garden because they really can help in so many ways.
0: Absolutely. I would entirely agree. So, <laughs> <laughs> Now, remind us where we can find you if someone wants to connect with you and, and take advantage of all your amazing chicken information.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's really easy. Just at Fresh Eggs Daily on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest. My blog is fresheggsdaily.com. And my book is Gardening with Chickens. Perfect. That's easy enough.
0: <laughs> easy <laughs> enough. Um, and you do, are you, you're doing a TV show right now, aren't you? I've seen- um, I've seen
1: it's you not, now. it's not airing now Yeah, It was airing on NBC here in Maine for the last two years. Okay. And just, you know, because of COVID and the whole filming thing and whatever, we kind of took a break at the end of the year, but all the episodes are on my YouTube at fresh eggs daily. Um, you can watch two years full of episodes. So yes.
0: Awesome. Yeah. I would definitely recommend everybody go check that out because good stuff. So, well, Lisa, thank you so much for your time and all of the wisdom you shared. I know that my audience is going to eat this up. Um, and I really appreciate it. So
1: I hope so. Thanks, Jill. It was fun.